Welcome to day 324 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And of course, as we take the biblical story and move it uh, more toward its you know, final conclusion and the renewal of all things, uh, we find ourselves in a nice chapter. Uh, if you take the you know, story of Israel, of Israel you, you move from you know, Abraham uh, to Israel to Moses to David, uh, and then you move to you know, through the prophets to the person of Christ. And from there, uh, he, he tells us he will build his church, and you see him building his church you know, in, in Acts. And this is a strategic place we come to when we come to Acts chapter 10. Uh, this will be a story like Paul's conversion that is going to be told over and over again in the book of Acts and should be told over and over again in our own in rehearsal of the history of who God is and how he works with people. And there's a couple of you know gospel declarations in here that are absolutely uh, remarkable uh, and how they give us a window into what God has done uh, for us as well. So before we read, uh, let, let's pause and in reverence, uh, we had that you know final section. You know the church grew, uh, and its fear of the Lord and full of the Holy, and being encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And certainly we we pray that that we would, as we read this passage, be drawn in with deeper affection for the Lord, but also deeper reverence, you know, for who He is, and that we would indeed be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Matt, you mind leading us yeah. in prayer? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for you. We're grateful for your word and. Um, Father, we do pray for for those two realities to be true of us that we would um, we would draw near to you um, in the fear of the Lord, knowing that we don't fear you as one who will be cast out, but um, Father, we respond appropriately to who you are, knowing that you love us and and delight in us because of what Christ has done. And so, Father, would we um, would we enjoy you in this time? Would we enjoy um, you as your word is? read aloud and reflected on, and God, would you speak to us through it? Um, encourage us by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, cause us to be um, the people you've called us to be in this place. And uh, Father, we ask for wisdom as we read. And would you give us understanding and insight, and would you bring transformation? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, Matt's prayer reminded me of uh, reading through the book of Revelation you know, this past week, where there is a blessing given to those who, who read the word aloud. Who, who hear it and uh, who are encouraged by it. And so may we be true hearers of his word and may we be deeply encouraged by it. Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel spoke to him and had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened, and he sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. 
Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent from Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We've come from Cornelius, the centurion. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Next day, Peter started out with them. Some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting him and called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You're all all well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So why was I sent for? I came without raising any objection. May I ask you why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send a Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know that he is, you know that what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism of John, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. An incredibly beautiful story, and of course you hear you know the declaration twice that uh, no one should call unclean what God has called clean. And again, that is a, a vision of the gospel in the same way we talked yesterday about how 
Paul's conversion, as dramatic as it was, is a uh, you know a, a nice portrait of how dramatic conversion is in any and every case, including ours. And, and of course, this is what has uh, preceded that conversion. Uh, not that you know we did anything, or not that we you know weighed all of the evidence, and you know we're more clever than anybody else in putting it together. But God has declared us right with Him. Uh, those that were once unclean as clean and has restored us to a relationship with him uh, which is you know beyond our bounds and it's by grace from beginning you know to end this was a great section you know even thinking about you know peter talking and and you know i I love his note we've talked about this several times on the podcast but how the you know, teaching of the disciples go from being, you know, Jesus is the king who's come and brought the kingdom and, you know, he's with us to all of a sudden it's, he is the the true king who has come, but he was crucified and resurrected. And, you know, you killed the author of life and yet God raised him from the dead. And so he says, they killed him, hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. And so just that marker in the, you know, our transition in the disciples' message where they go from you know, when are you going to restore the kingdom to all of a sudden the understanding that the restoration of the kingdom comes through the exaltation of Christ on a cross, resurrected, you know, sitting at the right yeah. hand of the Father. And just watching that, you know, just seeing them, man, they must share the gospel. And they even say in verse 43, he says in verse 43, all the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This isn't something that's just new. God has been doing something, you know, long ago through the prophets. He's this has been anticipated, spoken mm-hmm. about. Yeah, I was just thinking this is just a continuation of what we've seen throughout Scripture of God's heart for the nations, because we we know that God deeply loves His covenant people, but that His love doesn't just stop there that he longs for the nations to know who he is. Let the nations be glad because they've experienced um, who God is. And so this is, this is huge for Gentiles. I mean, I I just, I'm thinking of like um, not just people who've gone to seminary talking about this passage, Mm -hmm. but um, for our church people to be talking about this passage, this, this is so big for the Gentiles, which is us. (laughs) Um, because it means that they have been brought in and they were, they who were once far off have been brought in by the blood of Jesus. So, I mean, this is like one, this is like a big watershed moment, right? Well, you bring up this message, right? That this, this gospel that's being proclaimed, it wasn't just for the Jews, you know, that, that what we get here is Peter preaches the same thing to the Gentiles. And so we see that there the gospel, you know, that is proclaimed goes to the Jews and to the Gentiles, to the whole world. And and it's that same transforming power, no. you know, that that leads Jews and Gentiles to faith. I love it, even as he's just sharing it. It's just as the Holy Spirit comes, they believe. No, he rehearses, you know, the Old Testament to a story, yeah. you know, and, and they had been prepared for this moment. You know, Paul would later say to Timothy, you have known from infancy the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. And, of course, Cornelius and his family had been listening at the synagogue. They knew the story. And much like happened in the, you know, the life of the Apostle Paul, once you take the Old Testament story and you plug in the person of Jesus, the entire Old Testament story changes. The entire narrative of Scripture changes. And, of course, our uh, you know, entire uh, story changes, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. I, 
uh, you know, the ironic part of the funny part, and I always you know, love to see human parts in this, is uh, one thing I have in common with Peter is every time I start to pray, I get hungry. Uh, <laughs> you know, and can't, you know, to think about the, you know, the next meal and where it's coming from. Food, it, 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 all of that. But it's a, it's a gorgeous picture. And, we, and we, we need to say here that the one thing that was convincing, you know, to the Jewish believers was my goodness He's poured out the Holy Spirit on them. Mm -hmm. So the marker, you know, of God's people and the fulfillment, you know, of God's promises. When we read that in Isaiah and Jeremiah in the latter days, I will pour out my mm -hmm. spirit mm -hmm. on all people. Mm -hmm. And it's happened. And they said, how, how can we argue? You know, God's mm -hmm. given them this gift. And that is the marker of the new covenant and the renewing presence of God with them. Father, we thank you that uh, you have taking those of us who are certainly unclean, not simply because we're Gentiles, but because we are sons and daughters of Adam, uh, and we bear in our mark our rebellion against you, and we have sinned against you, as the ancient prayer says, in word and thought and deed, the things we do, the things we don't do. We certainly haven't loved you with all of our heart, or our neighbors ourselves, and yet you, you found us while we were still enemies, and you made us children. We thank you that you declared those that were unclean to be clean and that you've given us this wonderful gift to the renewing presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. May we be true to your gifts. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.